0: So uh, when I was in going into sixth, sixth grade, my mother and father decided to homeschool me. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. I'm so excited about homeschool because homeschool is awesome. And, uh, and so I started going to homeschool, and my sisters were doing it, and they loved it. I just really was... Um, struggle with it because I liked, you know, being with my friends and sports and all that type of stuff. But it was probably about three weeks into it, I was like, oh, this homeschool thing ain't so bad because I had to grade my own papers. And what I discovered after about two more weeks of doing it, I was like, not only can I grade my own papers, I can do my schoolwork while I'm grading my papers. And so during my math lessons, rather than like actually do the problems, I would just write in the answers as I was grading it. And I was really, really good though, because I didn't want to get caught. So I always made sure to miss like three or four, because I didn't want anybody to get suspicious that I got 100% all the time. And so I went through basically the whole sixth grade year uh, doing that. And then, just to tell you why you shouldn't do this, in seventh grade, I realized that I had totally messed up the future of my life. Because in sixth grade, it seemed like that's when you learn a lot of things that are really basic for the rest of math. And so in seventh grade, I was just like, oh my gosh. In eighth grade, ninth grade. And then even when I was in college, I took this freshman, uh, it was like freshman algebra. Everybody in the class was like totally whizzing it. And I was like studying all the time and begging Don to do my homework for me. And it was like the worst experience ever. So point my point is don't cheat in sixth grade. Totally cheat later. Just don't cheat in sixth grade. Uh, but actually part of that, Whole experience really made me fall more in love with history, and like I love the social sciences i 've always been a huge fan of psychology, sociology, um, just anything having to do with the social sciences I love like I love history. Are there any other history lovers in the in the room? Just yeah like, I love reading about history and reading about all the different things that have happened over the course of time and, and i 've always been fascinated by pretty much all all history though like world history global history but um, two, two quotes that I think have always kind of been at the center of my appreciation for history. One thing that Martin Luther King said, he said, we are not makers of history, we are made by history. And, and it's just interesting how history has a way of, of really helping us, I think, in ways if we pay attention to, which is something you probably have heard this quote, um, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And so in the past few years, I'd say like the last two or three, I've had a renewed interest in American history. When I was probably third and fourth grade, my mom, uh, I actually found this on, on, uh, on eBay and on um, Amazon the other day, but there was this tape... That my mom used to have us listen to, and it was all these like kids' songs about American history, and there was a coloring book, and I loved that tape, and it was all about the history of the U.S. and and about how in 1776, um, you know what happened, and it was our our history is about George Washington and. I, I was very tempted to sing them for you, but it would be so bad you would leave. Um, but I did find on, on Amazon. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna order this." And I saw it was $180 for the tape, and I was like, "I am not paying $180 for a cassette tape." By the way, who here likes the fact that cassette tapes are still around? Anybody? I love that. Like, no, do it. Does? Well, let's start over. Do you know what cassette tapes are? Let's. <laughs> let that might be. <laughs> So I was I'm gonna get this thing though eventually I just love it but I, so the last couple of years I've been reading more American history. I've been purchasing different books uh, from different historians. Um, a, a couple of things that I also did is I recently um, in the last couple of years have read through the Constitution a number of times. I've read through the Bill of Rights and it's just very fascinating. Our history as a nation. I'm, I'm just very fascinated by, it. I think, the development of our country and the the. As Larry was talking about the the, the tensions of trying to manage being a a country that has separation between church and state and yet is is also um, was founded by many followers of Jesus or people who had faith. And it's just really interesting. And then as we've grown as a country with other people from other places that have different religions than Christianity, like what does that look like? I'm very fascinated by all of that. And I I don't think our country is perfect by any means, but I'm very grateful for the rights that we have. I'm very grateful for the blessings we have, the opportunities that exist, and I can tell you every single time I travel internationally it's like you know I'll go for like two weeks or 10 days and it's on the flight home I'm just starting to think about like what's the first thing I'm going to do when I land in California and I'm, I'm like I have to do something American like I have to go get a burrito I just have to I need tacos like it's so bad you know but on, on the real it's like you know hamburgers. there's just certain things that we have that other countries don't have and and I'm very grateful for those blessings that we have. You know, because over the course of our history, you know, um, the rights and the blessings and the opportunities that we have as a nation have expanded to include people who weren't like the original founders of our country. I mean, you can think about people of color or, or women's rights, or something that's dear to me is the fact that there are now a lot of rights in our country protecting people who have disabilities or who have challenges mentally or physically. Like, I just really am appreciative of those things. But that being said, and I do want to stress that I love I love the fact, and I'm really appreciative of being an American and being born in our country. Is there anybody else that can agree with that here? It's July 4th. You're supposed to say, go America, okay? That's what you're supposed to say, all right? Like, I'm very appreciative. Of, I do want to also say, though, that, that ultimately my allegiance is not to the United States, but my allegiance is to Jesus and his kingdom. That's, that's ultimately where my allegiance uh, lies, and I think that as a follower of Jesus, sometimes it's it's trying to wrestle with the tension that comes with being a follower of Jesus and being a part of his kingdom and then being a part of a, an empire or a nation that, uh, on this earth. And I think that's just part of the tension. Uh, but what I think is interesting is that many of the things that we appreciate as Americans are, in a sense, shadows of ultimate, ultimate freedoms that we have in the kingdom of God. And like, just for a moment, I mean, I really do think that we should maybe take a moment and just think about the things that we're, we appreciate about being an American. I am very grateful for freedom of speech. Like, I think the fact that we have the freedom to speak our minds, even when we don't agree with other people's opinions, we have the freedom to do that. And I'm very appreciative. I appreciate that. I think it's huge. Anybody else appreciate that? Yeah, It's great. Or maybe um, another freedom that we have is the freedom of religion. I mean, we do not have to subscribe to a state religion as other countries do. You know, when I, the first time and the only time I went to Nepal, one of the things that was really interesting is that that country had been a Hindu monarchy for 500 years, and it had just recently become a quasi republic democratic country and while we were there it's like everybody in that country primarily was a hindu because that's what you have to be if you are a part of that country and and so i'm appreciate i appreciate the freedom of religion And there's lots of other things that i appreciate about our country Um, but i think it's interesting today that as we were singing those songs i don't know if you noticed it but but as we were singing those three songs there was an emphasis on freedom did you catch that about our freedom that we have, Christian freedom, and did you also catch that there was a connection from from our freedom to the resurrection? Like I, there was this theme as we were singing these songs. Many of the songs were were fleshing out a theology of the cross of the atonement, of of what was accomplished at the cross, and then ultimately how it was, you know, vindicated. The ultimate vindication and victory happens at the resurrection. We were essentially raised to new life, and so I wanted to spend just a few minutes here just thinking about freedom for a minute, because I am, like I said, super grateful that we have all the freedoms that we have in our country, and I think that those, again, are beautiful, and I want to fight for those, and I want other people to experience those freedoms as well but i also think that those those are those are simply foreshadowing and they point to a greater freedom that we have as followers of jesus and so before we jump into a little bit of scripture i'd like to pray and so father we just take a moment right now to open our hearts and our minds to hear from you and lord help us to to live out this tension of being Followers of Jesus, people who are part of a nation, people who want to to experience and to to, um, stand for these freedoms, God, would you help us to do these things in a way that brings honor and glory to Jesus as well as is helpful to other human beings? And now speak to us as we read some scripture and we think about it and how it applies to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I did this week is I was, you know, kind of processing through the different topics that I was wanting to talk about, because we've been in this sermon series um, on, on the idea of wholeness and healing. And, and I think this will fit into that. But it was interesting because as I was processing it, the more that I just kept thinking about how, you know, July 4th, my whole life, um, has always been a celebration of freedom. Like, I remember as a kid, you know, going to the local, um, you know, military base and, and watching huge firework shows, and, and then um, my wife and I were talking, Don and I were talking the last couple of days about how we really haven't gone and seen a good firework show um, for about five years. We hadn't gone to anything since we moved here, um, except for last night, we went to the Niles house and saw them almost blow up their whole entire neighborhood, and it was amazing. It wasn't you guys, though. It was your son, so it's all his fault, basically. Um, But it was was really cool, and I was thinking about how much I really... I just have a lot of good memories of fireworks and all the things that go along with them and how it really is a celebration of freedom. But listen to these scriptures, because freedom is very central to the gospel. We talk about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. Listen to how, how uh, you know, the idea of freedom is central to the message and ministry of Jesus. This is what Jesus says in John 8. Jesus says to the people who believed in him. So this is the people who are following him, who have faith in him. He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Pause for one minute. Can anybody quickly tell me how we would know the teachings of Jesus? The Bible. That's right. Like we get engaged with scripture. So he says, if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Like you probably have heard that scripture because that scripture is a colloquial term now that everybody uses. You know, truth brings freedom, freedom and truth go hand in hand. And this was said by Jesus and the truth shall set you free. The truth of Jesus' kingdom will set us truly free. This is the same thing that the apostle Paul stresses throughout his letters and I'm just going to read one quick passage here. This is from Romans chapter 6 verses 18 through 23 where the apostle Paul writes, "Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living." Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is basically what Paul's getting at. Is the key question is what are we free from and then what are we free to? And I think it's interesting to me that we actually see in scriptures that we are not libertarian uh, in, the, in the libertarian sense free. Like we actually, as followers of Jesus, become slaves of God. We actually become become people who are who are under His lordship. We are under His leadership. And so, what are we actually free from? I think is really important, though. So, like sin, uh, Paul talks about death. And then I started thinking more about about what are some of the things that we are being freed from in this life. I think there's stories of people um, here at the Vineyard. I know many stories of people who have been freed from anxiety. I think there's people who have been freed from certain sicknesses or depressions or anger or unforgiveness. All of these things I think that God can bring freedom to. We are free to become servants of God, though. So our Christian freedom actually places us under the lordship of Jesus. And that's why I think we constantly have to remind ourselves that we are free in this nation, but we're free to something. Amen? Like we're not just free in the sense of I can do whatever I want. I'm free in the sense of I have an obligation to follow the teachings of Jesus. And so we are invited into that that realm of living and this is actually one of the reasons why, on a, on a side note, why we celebrate communion all the time here at the Vineyard. You know, in, in 1776, if you know your history, the Declaration of Independence was adopted, right? Like that's what we're doing today. We're having an opportunity to celebrate our nation's, our nation's adoption of that. But I wanted to say that as soon as you came to the place of understanding your need for forgiveness and grace you adopted a declaration of dependence on God, amen? That's what, that's what we have to be reminded of on a regular basis. And so communion, every single time we receive communion, it is a, a place where we're actually declaring our allegiance to Jesus and being reminded of the freedom that he brings. And while we are 100, I don't know about you, but I'm 110% thankful that I have freedom. Anybody else with me? Like, I'm very grateful, okay? Very grateful. But I also know a lot about history. I know that nations can come to an end. I know freedoms can be removed. And if those things were to happen, I'm very grateful that ultimately I will stand before God one day and I will be declared righteous. I will be vindicated and I will still operate in the freedom that Jesus gave to us because of his work on the cross and the fact that he was vindicated and declared victorious when he was raised from the dead. Amen? Let's stand up together. We're going to receive communion in a moment. So um, here's what I want to say. First of all, if you, if you're new here or if you are not sure if you can receive, our theology of communion would say that it, you are welcome. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're welcome. If you're new and you have a you have a sense of uh, an invitation to God's grace, you are totally welcome. So as you just saw, people doing, make your way forward. No one's going to laugh at you. You're able to receive the the bread in the cup. And then I'm going to read a passage of Scripture for us this morning, though. This is what I love about communion, though. Is there's so many things about the Eucharist. There's so many things. I mean, we've talked about how in, in one sense, receiving communion is a protest against the cares of this world. Um, We've talked about how communion is a reminder of God's grace and his kingdom, things like that. But this morning, I, I would love to just have us think about how this is a declaration. And this is a declaration of our dependence on God for grace. Amen? This is a declaration of our dependence on God for grace. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 these words. He says, If I can find it. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And so as we hold up this bread, and as we break it as a symbol of Christ's broken body, Lord Jesus, would you become real to us right now by the power of your spirit? And would you help us as we receive to to remember your death? And to see this as a way of renewing our faith in you and renewing our commitment to live under your lordship. Let's receive together. And as we hold this cup, we are reminded of the grace that you have for us. We are reminded that you came to set the captives free, that your truth is is the only truth that will bring ultimate freedom. And so, Lord, I pray that as we receive this cup, that your grace would flow and that we would sense your love and that we would renew our commitment to your cause. Let's receive together. And as we, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer as a a declaration of prayer that Jesus taught. And so it's on the screen, if you would join me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, Father, I bless everybody here and continue uh, to ask that you be present with us as we transition from the space of being gathered together to worship and to participate in the things of your kingdom. Would you keep Red Bluff safe tonight with the fireworks, and be present with us throughout the day. We pray this in your name. Amen. Just a reminder, there are fireworks tonight at the River Park at 10 o'clock, not in the morning, as I posted on the newsletter. So, you know, hopefully we'll see all of you. Have a great week, and feel free to hang out, have a cup of coffee, and say hi to somebody.